live from New York, where the machines are high. <laughs> it's Ask an Engineer. Hi, Hypno Machine tells yeah. you to make manufacturing uh, here in New York City. That's where we put the pixie best yeah uh, it's me lady ada the engineer with me mr lady ada we're uh broadcasting live here from downtown manhattan where we do so much of the manufacturing kidding and soldering and coding and videoing and video editing it yeah. seems we lady ada is a tripper by the way she's a little sick today but she's like i'm just gonna do it so we just did show and tell we're doing ask an engineer um we were up late our, our kid was almost sick but not um but got you sick huh well she, so she got sick she got better now yeah thick, so. So, so that's the way it is um so uh nothing's stopping her she also was doing a bunch of electronics yeah. we're gonna do this show so in case uh you know we seem uh a little sluggish yeah. it's been a long week it's been tough already okay but we got a lot of cool stuff tonight um yeah let's kick it off let's tell them the code let's tell them some of the videos yeah. some new products and more on tonight's show to code is Metro RP. There's a lot of good reasons for that. You could probably guess we have a new product that is now in the store. Metro RP, 10% off of the native free store, all the way up to 11.59 a.m. Eastern time. You get free stuff and more. Just uh, add the code on checkout. Talk about our live shows that we do, including show and tell. We also uh, have kind of a new thing that we're doing. We'll uh, talk about that soon. It's uh, 10 p.m. Do you know where your engineer is? Uh, desk of Lady Ada, which includes the great search from DigiKey, JP's product pick of the week, uh, and JP's workshop. We're going to um, just do some highlights of some of these. Some of these we might not get to this week. Time travel, look around makers, hackers, artists, engineers. We have a big update on some Raspberry Pi stuff. Yes. Talk Stop about that. Let's <laughs> yeah, talk about that. Um, we have some advanced manufacturing, main New York City footage, fun, how it's made style videos. They're actually like music videos now. Um, 3D printing, top secret, new products. We're going to answer your questions. We do that on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Um, go over there. That's where we collect all the questions and answer them throughout the show. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. I love the videos you're making. The, the sound's really good. It's a lot of fun. Cool facts. Yeah. Um, I think we're going into another phase of uh, Adafruit content creation. It's kind of like, um, I always really like homemade skateboard movies. Like, it was a skateboarder. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's like, style. and it's like, because we're just doing these cool tricks. And it's like, hey, you do a trick, I do a trick. And I feel like we're, we're doing that with people who are doing open source yeah. uh, hardware and software. We're like, hey, check this thing out. And you're building, you're building off each other. So that aesthetic is like seeping in these like 90s skateboardery type things. Also, um, like MTV liquid television style yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, I keep the tone. Yeah. So that's what we're that's that's what the vibe we're going for now. We'll see how it goes. Um we give away free stuff in addition to the discount code Metro P. Um lady, we got two things that we're doing. Yes. Okay, we got two things, but that's gonna change. Uh but right now, order $2.99 or more and you get a free circuit playground express. Our all-in-one development board has LEDs and sensors and buttons and more. It's a great solder-free way to learn electronics and coding. And at uh, 149, we're still giving away the KB2040 featuring the RP2040 chip, um, another wonderful microcontroller for learning programming and development. And it, both of these run, uh, you know, CircuitPython, MicroPython, Arduino. Uh, they're very multi-use. And then uh, by next week, I think we're going to have, um, we might have the UPS back and we might have these coasters. Yeah, I'll do some updates about yeah, that. Yeah, do some updates. Um, if you're live, we do a bunch of live shows. You just add more live shows. Why not? Um, live is special because it means you can be part of it and participate. So 
on the roster of live shows we just did show and tell yes so we had um, a little bit of recap of what Datafruit team's up to also we talked about what we're doing next week which is show and tell on friday 7 30 p.m eastern because it's circuit python day a lot of the team will be there stop by you don't have to show a python enabled project that's just the theme we do. It doesn't have to be circuit Python. It could be micro Python. It could be, it could be single Python. computer Python. It could be your desktop Python. What's cool is all these flavors of Pythons kind of work. We'll talk about that. They're even working more together now. Um, I'll talk about that later in some future segment in this show. Um, so we had some folks stop by, and then some people from the community came by. Had a really cool LED light project. Uh, Bob showed the rest of the. Uh, like cool keyboard software yes analog digital keyboard yeah calculator and then a ongoing uh update project of this cool fidget Brandon had the the led effects and was like yeah, yeah mit licensed source code is so cool yeah um we're starting to see um i think the prolific makers out there uh seek projects that allow them to do more with it um there's a lot of like i don't know if it's rug pull or like whatever term you want to call it it's like, hey, everybody, here's code. Oh, but you can't use it for anything. Here's code, but you have to sign an NDA. Here's code, non-commercial. Here's code, it's it's open, but it's not really. And so I think if you watch where the developers go, they're going to where they can do the most with the the, the code that they want to write and yeah, like, build upon. Like 99% of, or whatever, very high percentage of what we publish as Adafruit is MIT licensed. It's like yeah. very easy for you to use and adapt. It builds a business around it. Yeah. You can, uh, you can do just about anything. And since, um, you know, you usually rant, but I'm going to rant. Because why not? I'm a little sick. Okay. Folks, if I write code that's MIT licensed and people like using it, that's not vendor lock-in. That's just people using <laughs> Oh, right. right. Yeah. Uh, there was a, so <laughs> there was a, you know what? Let's just, let's just go to the, here. We had two things. Yeah. We had two things we had to deal with. Uh, some weird GitHub, GitHub-y things. Sometimes like guys come in. And they're just like, open oh, you're doing vendor lock-in because it's an MIT license. That's not true. It's not vendor lock-in <laughs> if everything's published. I don't know if it's not true. Do that. And uh, just because we don't want to support your startup. And then there was a startup that that uh, came in and tried to do pull requests on our kids book uh, code because they wanted to put their like uh, VC funded AI company as the in-between if you use uh, you totally any, any I was very nice, but, but it's just like, hey, please don't do that. So anyways, um, so you spritz them with like, like, it's like a cat jumping on. The it was like a cat counters. jumping. It's just like, no kitty cat. So anyways, uh, that's our little mini rant. Um, and we're not going to change what we're doing. We're going to keep doing open source. Uh, so I've said enough on video where someone would just be like, look, you said on video. Anyways, um, we also started a new show series called uh, It's 10 p.m. Do you know where engineers are? What? what? Why did you do this? What was because because it was a news thing that was on the news at 10 p.m. And it was like, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? So I can't get it out of my head until I do something else with it. So this is our version that's talking about engineering. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your engineers are? Okay, so that's that's the intro. And then what the, this show is, is sometimes we have these videos that are not really a minute. It's like, hey, lady, what are you up to? And it's not an hour. It's something in between. And it's usually like 10 o'clock at night. So um, this one, you were trying to get Linux to run on a microcontroller. Yeah, there was Friday night at 10 p.m. There was like, Saturday night at 10 p.m. It was Saturday at 10 p.m. I think. I oh, mean, I don't remember. Time time moves very weird uh, lately. Uh, but there was instructions on how to build Linux, cross compile Linux with the 10th Silica for the ESP32 S3, and I was like, that sounds amazing and terrible. And so, 
I got, you know, I'm like, and cool. Um, I all, all three at once. And so uh, I kind of tried to combine different ways. Eventually, I actually did get the cross compiler working using WSL um, by editing my path. I tried Mac, WSL, MSYS, um, VirtualBox. Um, a lot of things were not super successful, but I did manage to eventually do the build. And then also Dan um, got it working. And it's kind of cool. There's like, a, you know, he's got SSH and it's a very minimal version of like BusyBox Linux. Um, but if you think about it, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, open WRT running routers were not that much less powerful than an ESP32 S3, which is like a dual core 240 megahertz 10 cycle processor. Now, granted, there's no memory management unit, so I don't know how they do it. I guess they just emulate it. I don't know. Um, so like, you know, there's no memory protection. Um, but it does have Wi-Fi built in. I think they have the Wi-Fi working in MicroPython, which has a build for okay. Uh, Linux also runs on it, so you can run MicroPython. It's kind of cool and funky and, and weird. And um, I think there's some more development uh, going on with this project. Looks like there's one person who's doing the the porting and then one person who's doing the build um, project. I mean, I, we just did like a five minute video and I just like. Yeah. And so we went live with it and we're just like, hey, here's this like new idea for this series where it's like it's special, it's random, but it's like it's 10 p.m. And the um, I'll go to the, the little uh, backdrop. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the reasons we we wanted to do this too is if you look at what the engineers do for fun, that's usually what goes you know quote mainstream later. And uh, there's just been like a, a few months. I think it's because like it's political season again, where people are being um, really crummy to each other online. And someone will post up a project and it's like you're doing it wrong. I hate you. You're this. You're that. What you used the wrong language. And it's just because um, they're really damaged people that have that are just hurt and they hurt people. And so they go online and they hurt people and they don't know any better. I, I, I you know, feel compassion. And so what we want to do is say, hey, it's 10 o'clock at night. There's so many fun things to do. And this is this is a fun time. It's not you're working for a company at 10 p.m. This is all the fun stuff that you're doing. Where are your engineers at? Whatever they're doing, that's the cool new thing that's going to like, happen happen for, for everyone soon. Because I was thinking, you know, I was making the joke as I was compiling Linux. I was like, man, I've been compiling Linux for weird-ass platforms for like 30-something years. Um, yeah. And um <laughs> yeah. And you're gonna be doing it for another thing. It's like, you know, 10 p.m. was always like, you know, like when I was in high school, it's like, okay, 10 p.m. I'm gonna like that's kind of when like night begins, like everyone stops bothering you and you actually get yeah. like time to really dedicate well, like, it to something. 10 to one. That's this is golden that's, hour. When, that's when like engineers they yeah. can they can really start to do the thing that takes three hours of concentration uninterrupted. So anyway that's when I do all my like best designs because yeah. like you, honestly your sleep. The baby's asleep. <laughs> like, no, yeah. I have no emails coming in. Nobody, bugging anybody. Nobody's bugging yeah. me. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to bang up this design real fast. So that, that's the idea behind this, like, little thing that we're doing. And we'll just broadcast it live. We'll, 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 keep, we'll keep doing it. But I think the biggest thing is I think we want to show that there's a lot of joy and fun and interesting, cool people that are that are doing engineering. But if they only see the bad stuff and the people kind of attacking each other online, they're not going to want to share stuff publicly. So um, I think it was nice, like we showed something that didn't quite work. Like I, well, I wish people would share more of the stuff that. Yeah, isn't we're okay with that because that's actually where people learn and they like form um, a community the most. Yeah, you need to, I think, see other people uh, like you. Like I think if you don't know how adafruit works if you're like oh obviously like you're you're never going to show your work you're you're, you're just going to release finished products if someone said oh this is an electronic company but we show all of our work and we show um all the mistakes um from 
things that go on with the company to um, engineering yeah. mistakes, wrong parts that we'll get, or so we did, you know, we did one of these we'll do more. Yeah, and it'll probably be like weekends around like you know Saturday nights or whatever. So, anyways, um, and then speaking of shows, we do from the desk of Lady Ada on Sunday. We do a lot of shows, um, and that's in two parts. We talked about some of the stuff we're doing, and then uh, what did you uh, talk about on desk of Lady Ada? Okay, so um, well, a couple things. I'm trying to remember what I did. So I found like 800 TFTs from like 2014 that I never used because uh, we've been clearing out the factory in prep for um, our move in a year. Yeah. That's a great time to sort of be like, do I need this thing? You're here first. We're getting a bigger space. Yeah. Um, so um, I got this TFT. So I designed a, a dev board to, uh, so a breakout board to use them because I don't know where my old uh, breakout board is. I'm gonna try to get these displays back up and running it's a bummer that i bought like almost a thousand of them um i also uh talked about uh the tsc 2007 i had some weird lockup issues and um i found an app note that talks about the lockup and i show a couple different ways to um deal with lockup issues and in my case i happen to have a um uh no brownout a uh reset monitor um, which uh, holds the reset line down until the power supply stabilizes. And I believe that's going to help a lot. So I did a, um, for my new resistive touch shield, um, I'm using this TSC 2007. And it, like I said, I got it to, I even managed to actually, you know, it's like, you're always like, oh, I'm never going to be able to get it to replicate this like flaky error on, on live video, but I did. It actually replicated. So it's, it worked. Uh, so it didn't work, but worked in its non-working way. Um, so I talked about that. And then I did the great search. Yeah, um, we do a segment called The Great Search, brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. That's when Lady Ada uses her power of engineering to help you find the things that you're looking for on digikey.com. What was uh, The Great Search this week? Oh, so um, I showed off the shield, which again had this uh, touchscreen um, sensor that was uh, being finicky. But one cool thing about the shield is it uses uh, surface mount headers because the TFT is like exactly the same size as an Arduino. And so this way it plugs in directly and is like is beautiful, um, perfect uh, overlay. Um, but to do that, I need to use surface mount headers. And um, I've used through headers on a lot of designs, but surface mount not as often. So I showed that you actually, um, DigiKey stocks a bunch of different um, surface mount headers in different sizes and configurations and pin lengths, um, which I don't remember they used to do. So it's, it's kind of nice. I remember uh, when I first designed the shield many, many, many years ago, I had to go to a custom um, uh, connector maker. But now, uh, DigiKey stock, so you can have it shipped immediately. Okay. And then don't forget, on Tuesdays, we have JP's product pick of the week. And then on Thursdays, we have JP's workshop. On Fridays, we have deep dive with Tim and or Scott. Scott's back. So... I got both graphics. Yay! All right. Um, time travel. Gonna Gotta go do some things. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Um, as of right now, if you're ordering a Raspberry Pi board, the rules are you need two-factor authentication. Boop. That's just good security practices. You do that anyways. And you uh, can order one per 24-hour period. So before it was once a month, now it's once per 24 hours. Please don't... Well, it could be more than once a month. Some were not available. Yeah. Some were like once per life. Yeah. Some, yeah. So I'm going to go into some of the specifics with uh, of what had happened and more. So you can look at our press page. You can search, web search around. There's a huge shortage. And the biggest problem was people who 
uh, were entitled jerks who said, I need five. And then people who decided to try automation tools and buy them all up and then resell them on eBay and other places or uh, people on Amazon that would uh, they had a store and they would charge a lot of money for them. And people uh, what happened to us was um, people trying to get around uh, a very simple rule just once per month because we want to make sure all the makers can get them. And uh, it caused a lot of problems. Turns out it was actually kind of the biggest issue uh, that we've had in a while. And we've we've been through a bunch of stuff. So the uh, pattern was dudes who said, well, I need five, I don't care. And so they would change their address. Uh, they would um, yell at our team. Sometimes it was voicemail. Sometimes it was over email. Sometimes it was on Twitter. And we have a terms of service and a code of conduct. So once they started cursing at our team, um, calling them names, um, they would spin up uh, Proton Mail accounts and email. They thought they were emailing Lamore. They would use Tor. They'd go on our contact page. They would leave fake negative reviews online because once we caught them and said, "Don't do that," we would ban them from doing that because they were buying like a lot at a time. And this was people who were buying, you know, five or more, and/or they were buying five or more and they were selling them online. And they were. I want to say that there were some hackers I know who were pestering me on Slack while I was oh, yeah. in the hospital giving birth. Yeah. Do not do this. Yeah. Um, we were called uh, MAGA supporters, TERFs. We were set, we, we uh, you name the political spectrum, we were there. We were part of deep state because we required two-factor authentication. Think, route that one. Um, you know, we were uh, on high alert because people showed up at Adafruit. One person said they were related to Lamar. One person said they had an appointment to pick up a Raspberry Pi. One person tried to sneak into the building. Um, so, uh, that's what has happened over the last, like, almost year. Guys, they're single board Linux computers. This is really... Yeah. So, this ain't it. so the reason I'm going through this is I'm going to not have to talk about it anymore. And I can send a link, or a team can send the link. And it's like, well, why did all this happen? And I, my opinion about why this happened to us a little bit more is, um, it's not easy being a high profile woman in tech. So they saw you, they saw a picture of you and they bundled it with, I'm being told no, I'm getting banned for bad behavior. So I'm going to take it on on this woman. So I had a filter in our support system for pink hair, because why is someone emailing about pink hair? Well, it's because pink hair, curse, 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 curse. So we have like, I didn't, I didn't want our team to have to deal with like kind of the worst of the worst. So there's filters and there's a lot of things. Um, I don't, like being like this container of all of this um, uh, terribleness. So I'm looking forward to trying to forget about it. But uh, one per day, please don't try to say like, well, what if I go to speed of light and I'm in a plane and like I go backwards in time and like the earth is actually flat and I think I fly over it. And it's actually, two is actually about actually not 24 hours, you know, not really 24 hours. By the way, what about a leap year? OK, so there's a lot of things that please don't do that. Um, and uh, for the folks that we had to to ban, like I, unless there is a really good reason to change it, it was because they, you know, did a pretty bad code of conduct violation or terms of service, or the really sloppy folks would show the invoice on their eBay page when they were charging like three hundred dollars for a Raspberry Pi at like peak uh, nuttiness, and we would actually see their order number, and it's like, okay, that's you, so we have to ban your store account. 
So, anywho. Also, people who lied and were like, oh, I totally, this was the only one I've never bought. Yeah. Order. I have no idea why my order was voided. Yes, you do. Yeah. And then the other thing was, um, so RP, RPI Locator did a good service. Yes. Where it's on all the social networks, was on Twitter, now X. The only issue is people piled on and they would go into Twitter and they would lie and say, oh, Adafruit banned me for no reason. Or like, oh, um, so we only have one person blocked on X or Twitter right now. And uh, it's because they were uh, attacking our support team, uh, Kelly specifically. And they were like screenshotting like curses because they didn't want to get banned from Twitter. So Twitter doesn't really have the same pile on bite it used to. Some of the worst people moved on to like Mastodon and they're uh, terrorizing people there, um, I guess. Um, so it's not as bad, but we just went through just like an unending pylon of people just being really crummy. There was some guy who just kept opening Better Business Bureau complaints against us. And I had I mean, to... how many open Better Business Bureau complaints did we get in the end? It was like 78? Uh, it was a lot. And all of them were, it's not fair. I should be able to buy as many as I want and, and scalp them. So scalp them, which is a terrible, uh, outdated word. Um, and I should be able to do whatever I want. And they banned me from the store because I lied. I should be able to lie. Like it was the it, it was it was entitlement in a way that made no sense. These are little single more computers. So that is the entire story. Glad it's kind of over, maybe. Um, I don't have a bad view on humankind. I think anyone would. Um, it was very it, tiny, small group of people that did this but they were very persistent and they wanted it to ruin it for everyone. And we're just not going to uh, fold or give in. We're going to keep doing a good job. We still have all these monitoring pieces in place. So if someone does get out of hand or if they try to do stuff, we can always deal with it. But hopefully that chapter is over. Oof. Okay. Let's go on to fun stuff. Back to school kits. We have a bunch of guides and um, things for kids. So back to school tools and accessories, tools and gear. It is already back to school season. Can you believe it? Summer is Jeez. Um, so check those out. Our team spends a lot of time on these. These are back to school kits. These are the classic packs beyond the basics. You can see all the things that we put together each year for all the kiddos going back to school. You can use the discounts. Um, back to school projects. Stock up on the school supplies. Young engineers. Raspberry Pi, product picks of 2023, books, accessories, $100 or less, new products, and JP's product picks of the past. Okay, um, another series of things that we do each day on the, speaking of socials, um, we do these PCB of the day things. So these are works in project progress or their redesigns or their whatever that Lady Ada is doing. And then for some of these, um, I'll uh, turn them into like fun animations. <laughs> so you can, uh, if 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 you download the videos, you can turn these into like little video art things. Sometimes there's music That's in the cool. background. Yeah. Um, sometimes we turn them into uh, uh, patterns that would be like a neat uh, like dress or like pants. That kind of yeah, they're a little kind of like Indian. Yeah. So um, you know, we think PCBs are very artistic in their on their own, but then you can do neat things with them and uh, make all these uh, fun graphics. So you'll see some of those things. That's uh, our daily that we do. We have a lot of revisions, so it makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, a lot of revisions come up. 
Okay, let's do some Python on hardware. All right, Blinka. Okay, the Python on hardware newsletter this week, lead story. Um, you can listen to a fantastic interview with Damien George, MicroPython lead. This is on the Embedded FM podcast. Download it, read it, listen to it, do all the things. Um, you can check out that um, on our website, or on the Embedded FM website, on any of the streaming services that you use that have podcatching. Um, I think I'll bundle up this uh, into two pieces because we're going to talk about the uh, sort of Python day. Um, but sort of the biggest news is you, you and the CircuitPython team kind of made a decision a long time ago. So for the super beginner, there's a little U, well, there was a little U, micro, U. in front of Python stuff. Yeah. And that was, that meant it's like, oh, this is a micro Python thing. Yeah. And we decided not to do that. Correct. And now MicroPython is also not doing that. Yay! Why did we not do that? Why is MicroPython not doing that? And why is this all good? Why is this? Why yeah. is this? Why is this? Why is this better? Yay! We're <laughs> doing the same stuff together. So, um, one of the decisions that MicroPython made, and a lot of code, you know, a lot of things about code is making decisions, and you stick with one or you change your mind later. But they decided to go with um, UOS and UJSON and USIS. A lot of putting the U in front of the library names because they were customized to be for MicroPython. And um, there were a couple trade-offs with that. One, it made um, the code much smaller because they could just shove functions that were necessary for MicroPython in any library um, that was convenient. Um, however, the downside is, is that the code for MicroPython was no longer um, a true subset of CPython. So, you know, when you're doing import uos and then like os uos.mount or whatever yeah, you'd have to remember you'd have to you well you'd have to have different code depending on whether it was running on cpython or on micropython and while micropython was designed to be very fast and light one of the things that we wanted to do with circuit python is to make um it as close as possible to cpython running on a microcontroller and so we decided not to have new so we decided not to change any existing built-in functions in the libraries. We may not implement the entire capability of the library, yeah, like but NumPy or something like that is. Yeah, we have um, MicroLab, which is a totally different thing. Like we yeah. don't say it's NumPy because it's 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 very different. NumPy is of course massive, but with stuff like um, you know OS versus UOS, we took out anything. Like there was, I think maybe like a real-time clock call. So if you learn Python once, you get to use it everywhere essentially. Yeah, like instead of having like the store the SD card mounting code, because like C Python doesn't really have SD cards. Like it doesn't really like that's not a thing that happens with C Python. Like you have your built-in storage um, on your computer. You don't usually you're not like mounting a disk drive. Um, whereas with MicroPython, CircuitPython, you do. And so those functions lived in UOS and made UOS like it was much more compact, whereas we pulled them out and put them into a new library called storage. Um, and, you know, we wanted to make it so that any code that you wrote, as much as possible, we wanted to make it run on CPython or CircuitPython. It's just, it's like a, it's just a structural decision. That we so also, like, we have Blinka, and you do stuff in Linux land. Yeah. So that still all works. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, yeah. almost all the examples for all of our libraries can run on a microcontroller or on a single board computer, which yes. is another powerful thing. So now Python on microcontrollers, 
desktop Python, whatever you yeah. want to call it. C Python. C Python. And then pretty much the ways people are familiar with Python, they're learning online and classes or if they're reading books, all this stuff should kind of work all the same now. Ideally, yeah. It's like you should be able to actually follow along with a Python class on um, a Circuit Playground Express or something. Yeah. Um, there's nothing new, you know, like you should, it should be as transparent and similar as possible. But the trade off is, again, it's a little bit more bulky. But I'm, I bet, like, in my opinion, these chips only get bigger and faster. I remember, what was it, like six years ago or something, we talked about this. And I think we made a bet that chips are going to get faster, lower costs, and more storage. Yeah. Because we show up as a USB drive, essentially. And we're like, well, pretty soon it's just going to be like a, a full-on computer. So why don't we just assume, why don't we work back from this is going to be Python, Python. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of big news. Um, I think one of the cool things too is since schools are doing curriculum in Python, they can have a microcontroller. One of the bits of feedback that you usually hear is because they're like, well, I just don't want to type in a screen all day. You could do physical computing with something like a Circuit Playground Express, and you can blink LEDs and you're learning Python, and you get the REPL and you get all these things, yeah. and you don't have to remember different types of Python for microcontrollers. You yeah. just, if you know Python, you know Python. So, anyways, that's kind of big news. Um, yeah, so a lot of the MicroPython is, is doing the same thing. I think that's, I think that's really, yeah. it's mature. It's all good. Um, and uh, Damien's great. Listen to the podcast. Um, and then also just a little note. So someone had um, emailed Adafruit and said, oh, I want to do, I'm not going to buy electronics, but I want to donate money to you because I like you, that you do open source. I said, you know what? MicroPython, um, we're, we help with the fundraising each year to get people to sponsor the MicroPython project on GitHub. Yeah. And they're get they're, you know, they're working towards their goal. We do a separate uh, sponsorship in addition to the thing that's on GitHub because um, we're tight with them. We actually send them money. So I said, just donate to them because that's one of the things that CircuitPython is based on. A lot of people use MicroPython. All these things work together. Um, it's open source. Just like there's multiple flavors of Linux. You may not want to use one flavor for one thing, or you might want to use both, or you might want to use either. Yeah, some people it's like great. Some yeah. people like Debian. Some it's people... fantastic. You can choose, and all of these things work together. Same kernel. Same kernel. Different distro. Yeah. So um, I suggested that, and they did it. So that was cool. Um, so the festivities, by the way, begin begins next week. Um, CircuitPython Day is August 18th. It starts at 10 in the morning. Circuit Python Day introduction with John Park. Special edition 3D Hangouts with Noah Pedro and Liz. Uh, 11 a.m. Beeps and Boops. Circuit Python Day panel discussion hosted by Paul. 12:30. There's Circuit Python Day game jam with Foamy Guy. There's the Matrix Portal uh, board build with Maker Melissa. There's Circuit Python Day chat with Jeff. Dan and Katney. There's special edition JP's workshop. There's deep dive with Scott. We're doing a show and tell, and there's Ask the Engineer. That's a full day. We're going to be in the Discord server. We're going to be broadcasting in all the places. It'll be super fun. It's super laid back. I know people still aren't, you know, traveling quite yet and stuff, um, or they're just starting to, or whatever. The timing never works out for people to hop on planes. Maybe we'll do a physical one. People do these around the world, but this is one place, and you can watch all the live streams later. And that is our news of the week. Again, next week, Circuit Python Day. You can get the newsletter delivered every single week. Go to adafruitdaily.com. Subscribe. We don't do anything with your email address. It's a completely separate site. Okay, let's do some open source hardware news, Lady Ada. Uh -huh. The news, by news, I mean guides. 
Uh, we have some new guides this week. What guides are on the big board this week? Okay, well, Nun and Pedro are still uh, walking out making these um, rebuilds with the new prop maker Feather. Um, they redid the lightsaber, which was one of the most popular, most popular prop builds that they did. Uh, now better, faster, easier to make um, using the prop maker RP2040. A lot less uh, soldering. And then uh, there's also uh, this week the Zelda Master Sword, also a very, very popular project um, that was very complicated to build, uh, but they did a really good job uh, simplifying it. There's a video um, to make it easier uh, than ever to make. And the new Prop Maker Feather, again, very little soldering required anymore. We noticed a lot of people were trying to build uh, these complicated builds, um, these complicated props, and they were like struggling with the soldering and the wiring and, you know, sandwiching two boards together. So yeah. we uh, wanted something that's like, cosplayer in a box like you just get started and you can make something right away we use like a lightsaber as a thing but we also thought this is kind of like on our way to imagineer in a box which is um all the things that like disney i think they want people to become like imagineers one day yeah but there really isn't you can't like go to a website and just be like i want to like make animatronics and have like lighting do stuff and like little robot arms there's not like one maybe adafruit but there's not like something that if you want to go on that career path it's like here's here's a bunch of stuff to get you started so we made this yeah this is our this is our idea and i think that's the new guys for this that's week. it yeah. all right let's watch some factory footage making the perfect machine let's build it together
got some making stuff. Let's go to some 3D printing. We're going to do these back to back. We have a project from Marion Pedro and a speed up. Build the sword that seals the darkness and defend your kingdom with Adafruit's RP2040 Prop Maker Feather. This iconic sword has been upgraded to be much easier to build. Additionally, the assembly is even more durable. The new dev board packs all of the features into one, making this project even more enjoyable to build. The Prop Maker Feather is powered by the RP2040 chip and features better audio quality with an I2S amplifier. With 8MB of spy flash, USB battery charging, and screw block terminals, it's the best dev board for building cosplay props. The CircuitPython code has been revised to handle the new pinouts and features adjustable settings for the accelerometer in NeoPixels. We think it's a great source for building similar props that feature motion-activated effects with LED animations. Get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. Dedicated 3D printed mounts secure the electronics and the blade utilizes hardware screws making it a battle grade prop. Dual strips of NeoPixel LEDs provide total brightness making it eliminate any darkness. To learn how to build your own, check out the guide at learn.adafruit.com. The hilt and blade parts are secured together with stainless steel screws for maximum durability. The built-in standoffs and wall thickness have been increased, making the parts much more rugged. Each component has its own mounting plate that perfectly fit inside the hilt with enough room to house the various cables. The two halves are joined together with hardware screws, making it serviceable in case anything gets damaged. To garnish the sword, a piece of green paracord wraps around the handle for a better grip. We had a lot of fun upgrading the Master Sword and felt at ease letting the kids cosplay with it outside. We hope this inspires you to check out the RP2040 Prop Maker Feather for your next cosplay prop. That's the 3D printing of the week this week. Don't forget to code is Metro RP. Let's do some new products. It's time for new. <laughs> All right. What's new? All right. This is a board from Espressive. It's the ESP West board. Um, there's a training system online uh, from Espressif. Uh, you can see the URL. It's like, you know, ESP-RS. No. Yes, on the back there. Um, training you how to use and program Rust. 
um, and specific for microcontrollers on uh, the ESP32, which is kind of neat. Um, Rust is a uh, more secure version of a low-level programming language, a great place to move from C or C++. Um, so this dev board features the ESP32C3, which is a RISC-V processor with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. It's also got some buttons, NeoPixel, um, battery charging capability, um, built-in temperature humidity sensor, and built-in IMU, which I think is a uh, six degree of freedom. I think it's accelerometer and uh, gyroscope. I don't think there's a magnetometer on there um, from InvenSense. Uh, so an all-in-one, like it's kind of very, it's a very cute board, but it's also uh, great to, oh, it's also, it turns out, I think it's feather-ish compatible-ish. Feather-ish. Feather-ish. Yeah, I mean, the pin out, the pin numbering looks like it's uh, it could work with feather. Um, so, uh, Check it out. Um, I, you know, particularly this is for if you want to follow along with their um, their online uh, training system. But also a great dev board just if you want the C three with a bunch of sensors built in. All right, and now in stock and is now the star of the show. Besides you, lady, our team, our customers, our community is. Yay! The Metro RP twenty forty is finally in the shop. Uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, uh, but it wasn't ready. But now it's available. You can buy it, and you can even get uh, can you use discount code. Can you use discount code. Um, so we love the Metro shape um, and series. It's basically allows you to use Arduino shields with new chipsets that Arduino may not have made boards for. In particular, this is for the RP twenty forty. So you've got your dual 130 megahertz Cortex M0 Plus in there. I pair it with uh, 16 megabytes of flash. So plenty of storage for files and images um, and firmware. Um, all the GPIO, I tried uh, to make them as uh, you know compatible with the classic Arduino pinout. So pins 2 through 13 on the top, uh, the UART, RX, and TX pins um, on the uh, top right area there. Uh, I squared C, SPI, and then there aren't six analog pins. So there's four analog pins, A0 through A4, and then uh, GPIO 24 and 25 uh, are where normally you'd have A4 and A5. And then, of course, uh, power supply, you can give it uh, 6 to 12 volts DC. Uh, and there's a linear regulator that gives you 5 volts and 3.3 volts. One of the nice things about having the um, Metro layout is it's kind of big, so you get to fit a lot of stuff in it, like the Feather. And the cutie pie are designed to be very small, but these are you know, these are bigger boards, and so uh, there's space for an SWD debug port, um, and also a Pico Pro port. There's uh, a NeoPixel on there. There is uh, both DC and USB power. There's a Stemma QT port, and there's even a micro SD card slot. So um, what's going on? Yeah, there's a lot there. Because I was like, well, you might as well just kind of pile it. Hello on a little switch of goodies. Um, and it's very affordable. The RP2040 chip is a lot less expensive than the SAMD21 or the SAMD51. And so you can get close to like SAMD51 performance and definitely better than SAMD21 and definitely better than any of the 8-bit, you know, at mega chip speeds um, from this board. But the pricing is, you know, 15 bucks. So uh, your stomach QT port, uh, boot port, um, boot button, um, you know, the micro SD, oh, the micro SD is also wired up that you could use it for SDIO, uh, even though that's not kind of officially supported um, in CircuitPython or Arduino. There is some example code out there and we verified that it works, but like we, you know, we don't really have SDIO support. Um, and then uh, the RX and TX pins are on a uh, flippy switch. So you can swap whether RX and TX are connected to zero or one. So either you have the numerical pins going, um, which you go to the zero five. No, that one, yeah. 
So, you know, on the top right, um, the logical order is Rx and Tx, but the numerical order would be one and zero. And so, like, if you want the numbers to be in order zero, one, two, three, four, five, up to 13, because you want to use um, those pins in order, uh, that's flip the switch one way. If you want it so that the hardware serial port is on the pins that it's expected to be on, uh, you flip the switch the other way. So altogether, kind of like a you know jam-packed board, a really great uh, dev kit for the RP2040. Everything's maxed out, you know, so you can um, design, debug, and then if you want to shrink the design later, yeah. use the KB2040. For the, yeah, for the folks who are like, I'm going to use RP2040, um, we've seen a lot of people do that. They'll use a Metro, they'll design something, and then they'll shrink it down with all the stuff they don't need yep. later. And you can do that because we publish yeah. all the files. Yep. All right, that is... Okay, don't forget, because Metro RP, we are going to do some top secret. While we're doing that, though, please post up your questions, adafruit.it slash discord. I collected some from some of the other chats, so I have a couple ready to go, but you can post up any questions. We'll do that. Let's do some top secret. Okay, we've got a couple of videos. We're going to show those, and then we're going to bounce right to questions. Take it away. Top secret us. All right, lady, what is this? This is um, it's an actually older product. This is our NeoKey ortho snap apart. So this is an orthogonal five by six matrix of uh, diode connected um, sockets for Kale, Gateron, MX switches and uh, LEDs. And um, they're actually connected up row and column, but they're broken apart. There's little traces that go between these mouse bites. But what I want to show as a tester, because you know, one of the things that's kind of funny is like, how do you test something that has um, so many um, pogo pins? It's actually like physically hard to hold it down. So we actually have a little uh, helper sheet, this little plastic plate that um, lets you, oops. lets you uh, quickly press down all the pads easily. So when you see them all light up green, uh, that means they all pass test. It's tested every column and row connection. Uh, so it makes it quick for um, testing all 30 PCBs at the same time. All right, what is this? This is um, an update to our resistive touch TFT shield. This um, has been out of stock for like two years because of part shortages. Um, and I've been meaning to redesign it and I finally got around to doing it like last couple of weeks. Uh, so uh, the touchscreen controller has been updated to the TSC 2007. Um, I kind of waffled back and forth, but decided in the end to go with an I2C touch controller. So it uses the I2C pins here. Um, and uh, it still uses SPF for the display and micro SD card. And it's got like the socket here for SPI access. And I'm also using it to test at the same time SPI and I2C on this Metro S3. So you plug it in, and I'm using um, the IRQ line uh, to detect touches. So um, very nice, very fast. Like you see, like very smooth um, touch detection going on here. So pretty much ready to go into the shop. So I'm going to order these soon, and you'll see the revision. Lady, what's this? These are the final Metro RP2040 PCBs that came in. Uh, this is kind of neat. It's rare that you'll see an A circle on our boards. That means the first revision worked. Uh, very rare. Usually you'll see a C or a D or even an H uh, when I have to do many revisions. 
Um, but all the GPIO are tested working. I bumped up the flash to be 16 megabytes. That's nice. You've got that RX and TX switch, so you can swap RX and TX pins, um, buttons, demo QT. And then this is the tester. Um, again, I'm using my Pico brains uh, to program the UF2 that is loaded onto the Metro. It lives on the SD card. And I can press the button if it says I'm waiting for the um, USB device. Then it resets it, uh, copies over the UF2, and then tests the output and it passes. So uh, this is now ready to go into the shop. All right, rolling right into questions. Yeah. Have some lined up and then uh, you get to have some chicken soup. Yay. <laughs> All right. Uh, first up, I from the mountains of Colorado. Can you recommend a sensor that can provide measurements on CO, CO2, and VOC? I've looked, but it seems there is not a sensor that has all three. I don't know if a sensor that does all three. CO2 and VOC, uh, I mean, it depends on if you want effective. Um, I mean, here's the thing. If you want, like, true measurements, you'll have to use individual sensors. Uh, you can do effective CO2 and VOC or TVOC on, um, like, the STP series um i definitely recommend um for co2 sensors if you want to have like a true co2 sensor the ndir sensors um scd30 scd40 are kind of the best ones and then carbon monoxide i don't know of any digital sensors i think you have to use an analog sensor so you might have to cobble together a couple different i don't know of anything that has all three and does true sensing of all three Okay, I tried to summarize this from a couple of different uh, chats that I saw. Um, when someone's shrinking down design, let's say they use the Metro RP2040. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I got it kind of working the way I want. What are the things that you can normally eliminate? And then what's a good form factor that folks kind of can target or go out? Yeah. The, the Metro is like, it's, you know, it's bigger. It's, there's more space in it. And it's designed specifically when you want, like, wall power because that's the thing it has that none of the other portable. do. So it's not really meant for portable design. It's meant for like you're plugging it in, but that can be very handy. Like if you want to control a 12 volt motor, you don't have to have two power supplies. You have one power supply and then you can feed the 12 volt out of the metro to drive your motor shield or your stepper or whatever. Um so you've got you know that the ch that chunkiness. If you want something portable, um the feather is really good because it's built in battery management. And if you want something really, really tiny, the cutie pie is just going to be the smallest. But as you go down, you get fewer pins, you get fewer like add-on. People are like, well, why don't you make the cutie pie? But also it has battery charging. It's like, well, so there's it would be the feather. Grand Central Metro Feather Cutie Pie. Yeah. Like kind of that. The itsy bitsy is kind of. Itsy bitsy is in there. As well, so it's like, you know, they get smaller and smaller, but it's. I guess there's also like Circuit Playground Express. There could be a case where you might want a round circuit board or something like that. All yeah, but usually for developers, yeah. they'll, they'll start with a Metro because you kind of yeah. everything is brought out. And then, you know, if you want. Even to... like a Grand Central, because like you can really. Yeah, Grand Central the is what you have when there's enough pins. So only the Sandwich one comes in, you know, you have to have enough GPIO to support yeah. all those pads. All right. If we ever do a board where we start with like a Metro RP2040 and we, we shrink it down for whatever reason, maybe we'll do it. Like we did a series with um, DigiKey Maker to Market where you should designing the Circuit Playground Express. So yeah. maybe something like that. Okay. Next up, are there plans to make boards that can be put into DIN rail sleds? I find myself using DIN rails for projects more and more. And it's hard to find dev boards that are shaped well for DIN rails or come with the sled. 
I, yeah, I don't really do DIN rail stuff. I agree that they're very good. Um, usually people will take adapters. They'll make an adapter for the DIN rail instead. We stopped a couple on the shelf. Okay. Um, I think the question was something we were playing on the top secret section. Is that capacitive touch? I think it was no, it's resistive touch. It's actually very nice for resistive touch. All right. Uh, some boards have more than one I squared C set of pins. Do you see a time? At least the second I squared C set is also brought out in quick ports. Reason maybe the first I squared C pins are taken or example code has another I squared C set. Um, the cutie pies, if there are two I squared C ports, will have a different port on the semi QT than on the main pins. And I believe the KB2040 also. It's a it's there's two I squared C ports and one is on the GPIO pins and one is on the stem QT port. So I absolutely yeah, like whenever whenever I can, um I try to have it be on a separate port so it's that doesn't conflict. You you have access to both ports. Okay. And then um if you can, if you're willing to to give a uh a preview, um there's lots of different pipe portal uh permutations i know we're working on any yeah. any any clues to what's next with some pi portals well i'm trying to you know the the matrix portal s3 was my first foray into getting rid of dependency on the sam 51 um so that moved to the s3 chip and so far so good you know we made sure all the projects worked and people okay. are using the the matrix portal s3 so the next one is to redo the pi portals <laughs> also with the s3 and that's i've seen other companies also have like you know tft displays being driven by the SP32 S3 and Jepler is working on adding CircuitPython support for parallel display. So you'll be able to have like 800 by 480 or 720 by 720 cool round displays. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be really neat. I, I would, you know, I should actually look to see if there's, um, you know, there, there's TTL displays, but maybe there's a TTL to something converter as well. Okay. You know, there's TTL sometimes to HDMI or TTL right. too. What, um, for portal pi portals what's your chip of choice that you is it s3 it's probably the s3 like the same one that's on the um the metro um the esp32 s3 metro which is is in the shop for sign up okay. it has 16 megs of flash and 8 megs of ps ram and so um plenty of memory to buffer these big displays which is kind of cool them's our questions thanks everybody um and keep hanging out in the chat folks will be there you can also hit our forums if it's after hours of the shows and hang out in discord 24 7 there's usually some of us around including the entire community decode is in metro rp want to thank everyone for coming by tonight thanks for tolerating my rants about a couple of things uh, gotta gotta get it out <laughs> Sometimes. Um, sometimes we have a lot of new products and sometimes we have a lot of... We had a lot of news this week. Um, and then you're a sicky pet, so we got to get, yeah. get you... I got to keep hydrating. And have some soup. Water and soup and more. So you can design more products. Uh, special thanks to Car, who's doing stuff behind the scenes here at Adafruit. Help them people emailing us and more during the show. Thanks so much for that. Thanks, everybody. Um, this has been an Adafruit production. We'll see everybody next week. 8 p.m. Friday. Don't forget. Don't forget. Week, because... Day. We'll have a blog post and everything, but we'll see everybody next week. This has been an Adafruit production. Here is your moment of Zener. Good night, everybody.